Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. Jacqueline Hamilton is uh, our guest uh, today, a, uh, a woman of, um, of many varieties uh, in her background and her life. And as far as uh, introductions are concerned, I'm going to let you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Bill. I think the most important thing is that um, I'm Alice Lloyd for the Humanities Council. Um, I know that sounds funny because I I do get my um, weekly salary from being a lecturer at EKU, which I love, teaching English and literature, but there is nothing more important than telling a story. And I love the state of Kentucky, and I don't think there's anything more important than telling Kentucky's wonderful stories. Well, we're gonna talk a lot about uh, Alice Lloyd of Alice Lloyd College fame, and right. I know you still run into a lot of people who don't know uh, anything about her, and, and it's such a, a wonderful story. But uh, at EKU, and, and I've also read about your writing camp, I think it's, right. uh, uh, you do that. And, uh, but tell me a, a little bit about um, your background, where you're from, and uh, your interest, and uh, um, what, what makes your connection to what you're doing today. Okay. I'm from Springfield, Ohio. Uh, I went to Miami University, the Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Some people think it's Florida. Mm. Uh, and I had a wonderful education. I had a liberal arts education and I majored uh, in journalism. Miami didn't have a, a large program. It was sort of a, a specialty interest within the English department, but we were well-read students and we learned to ask questions. And I think that is such a critical thing. If you can ask good questions and then know how to search out those answers, um, it gives you a background um, and a foundation to do just about anything. And so my original career, I, I did an internship at the Cleveland Plain Dealer in Ohio. And then I went down to South Carolina and worked for a small town newspaper in South Carolina. And then I started really going back to my roots in high school in which I was in theater. And uh, I worked for the Spoleto Festival, mm -hmm. which is in Charleston, South Carolina. And I did public relations, met Tennessee Williams there, <laughs> one of my claims of fame, um, and did that for quite a few years. Uh, I had a Rotary uh, Foundation Fellowship for which I am incredibly grateful to the Rotarians. I, I try to praise Rotary Club wherever because I was, I had a journalism fellowship and I studied in England for a year. Incredible opportunity. Uh, came back and uh, worked a little bit in freelance journalism when I came back, but decided that eventually I wanted, I was really interested in public service, which is sort of Alice's story. When I look at Alice's life and my life, I see all these parallels. Alice started out as a journalist, and yet she wanted to do more than write about it. In my case, I went into public relations work and worked for the city of Dallas for six or seven years, um, doing a lot of community service announcements, particularly in fire prevention, safety, and 
did a lot of projects that got some international attention among fire safety people. Um, did that, um, decided to take a break and raise four children. Then I went back to Murray, got an MFA in creative nonfiction, and um, went into teaching. So, but again, you know, Alice, that, that teacher mode, that journalist mode, she was very close to her mother. I was extremely close to my mother. I took care of her through hospice. So I just feel like we have a lot of similarities in life. And um, actually, when I was going to be a Chautauqua character, Alice was not my first choice. I was going to uh, apply to be a children's book author. Um, and about a month before the application process, a person said to me, um, mentioned Alice Lloyd College. And I said, Alice Lloyd College? And of course, it struck me, you don't have a lot of colleges that are named after women. And they said, yes, it's in the Appalachian Mountains of Kentucky. And I said, you're kidding me. I consider myself a well-read person, interested in a lot of things. And so I got on the computer and looked it up. And when I started reading her story, I fell in love with her. And I totally changed my focus and I applied to the Humanities Council to be Alice Lloyd and uh, haven't haven't regretted that decision. Love to be Alice. So in in years, how long ago did you first discover Alice? Uh, about seven years ago. Why do you think that is? And, and really the the larger question is, and I know you run into legions of people, I do, that have, uh, first of all, never been to Pippa Passes right. uh, and don't know anything about her history. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Um, I think part of it is the fact of what Alice discovered when she went into the mountains. Sometimes those mountains created a lot of problems because of their isolation. And I think that sometimes Alice Lloyd still has that sort of, of problem of it being in this area of being isolated. And yet I consider it like a diamond that you find in the mountains. When you look at what they are doing, um, when you look at the fact that their students are graduating without hardly any debt, when you look at the fact that they are graduating with an emphasis in a classical education, no matter what their major is, when you look at the fact that the youth school still emphasizes the purpose road philosophy. And, you know, the thing is, you're going to laugh when I say this, Bill, but Michael Phelps would have loved Alice Lloyd. I told you you would laugh. <laughs> Michael Phelps, the Olympian? Yes, our greatest Olympian of all time would have been a huge fan of Alice Lloyd. Well, I know that he wouldn't have uh, gone for a swim in uh, Caney Creek. Uh, it's not deep enough. and. I'm not sure. I don't even think they have a pool on campus, do they? Uh, yes, they do have a, uh -huh. a small pool. Yeah, but So why? Well, if you, you know, Michael Phelps, if you know anything about his background, he sort of got sidetracked. You know, he was this great Olympic swimmer, and then he, he had some things in his life that weren't very sterling. And, you know, he was sort of in this place of recovery. He, you know, he... He went to this 
this place just to try to find himself again. And in that place, someone gave him a book, and he talks about this in an an interview before the Olympics the last time. Someone gave him a book by Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. And it's on the New York Times bestseller. Uh, It's sort of a crossover uh, self-help, religion. It's just got a combination of books. But anyway, that said, he talks about that he doesn't go to a religious place, but he talks about what that book did for him. He said, it showed me that I had to have a purpose in life, and it redefined me because I just somehow realized I had really never found myself and found my purpose in life, and that is Alice's message. It was all about finding a purpose, and if you go to Pippa Passes, that little town, in the mountains, you'll find one road that runs a half a mile long inside the, the, the mountain gap, and it's called Purpose Road. And that is so that all the students and visitors never forget Alice's intent that they have to know their purpose in life. So if you discovered Alice Lloyd uh, for the first time seven years ago, when was the first time you went to, uh, to Pippa Passes, which for those uh, of uh, you who know Eastern Kentucky, uh, and you might know Heinemann and the Heinemann Settlement School, which is about, um, uh, these are probably not the right uh, mileage, but I would say 20 or so miles from Hazard. Uh, right. And Heinemann is about um, three to five miles Correct. Uh, from Pippa Passes. And quite honestly, I don't know what's on the other side of Pippa Passes. I've only turned around there and headed back to Hindman. <laughs> so w- when did you first go and what were your first impressions? So when I realized that I wanted to do Alice, I contacted the college and I said, you know, I would like to be Alice Lloyd. I would like to tell her story, because I think from my research that I had done, it's such a great story. Well, the college just welcomed me with open arms. They said, come down, stay uh, on our facilities for a few days. We'll feed you. Um, I got to sit on the porch where Alice's office was, the Eagle's Nest. I got to walk up to the little cemetery outside her office where she and her mother are buried. I got to eat at Hunga Din, which is, you know, or, um, or Hunga Din, which is the dining hall there. I went to the library. I walked up and down. I talked to people. And I, I personally fell in love with Alice's mission. Their, her little original cabin is still on the college campus. Um, They allowed me to go in there and sit and look through things. I was able to go through their archive materials. They loaned me things. I talked to President uh, Joe Stepp, you know, about Alice, saw her original typewriter in his office. They just welcomed me with open arms, and I wasn't even the Chautauqua character yet. I was just wanting to do this, but they understood the importance of a Chautauqua character being able to tell Alice's story. And so, you know, just wonderful time. And then, of course, I've gone back. Alice has gone back (laughs) to do Alice several times on campus. And I'm actually going there this year, walking around campus. And I've I've learned Alice's signature, so I can autograph some things for people there. But um, just a remarkable, I like to call her sort of the Mother Teresa of the Appalachian Mountains. You know, she 
she wore that white uniform that all that she developed for the the young women to wear and uh, she didn't leave the mountains once she settled in she subjected herself to poverty i.e took no salary for her work um, lived very meagerly because she wanted to help the people in the mountains be the leaders that she knew they could be and i just i admire her single-minded determination you know and she says that she never really found her purpose in life until she came to those mountains and that idea of being able to help a group of people who had had a lot of do-gooders come in and try to fix problems or tell them how to be fixed and instead of saying no with with education you can figure out what you think needs to be the solutions to your problems. So we know of, uh, because you've told uh, our listeners if they didn't know her before uh, we began this conversation, that she was a woman of great character. She was from the Northeast. She was uh, started her career as a journalist. Um, she had a stroke uh, at what age, or the, the stroke developed into something else? Was it a stroke or was it uh, another debilitating disease of some the, sort? They're still not sure. Um, you know, when you read back varying articles and do a lot of research, no one still knows exactly what happened. They do know that she had a variety of health problems. Um, and. When she moved here, a lot of people didn't expect her to live very long. And of course, she lived 40 more years <laughs> once she moved to Kentucky. So she lived as long in Kentucky as she did anywhere else. So even though she was born outside of Boston, I think Kentucky is, is fortunate to claim her you know, as their own. She was uh, partially paralyzed on her right, right. side. Uh, she, uh, you mentioned her typewriter, did right. all of her fundraising letter writing with her left uh, hand. Right. Um, but tell me about the work that she did uh, and, and why the school, Alice Lloyd College, is now named after her. Well, I love the story because when Alice uh, formed the college in 1923, she, she was known for a letter writer. Now, like anybody, she got into that fundraising cycle, so sometimes she emphasized mountain stereotypes. Uh, after she had sort of helped to, to I don't want to say she solved the problems, but after the mountain people solved their problems, Alice was known for still continuing to use some of the mountain stereotypes as a way of a fundraising appeal. But, you know, when you look at any commercial, you know, about anything on television, you still see that they, you know, focus on, you know, long, shiny hair that can go through anything. I, I think that's part of the, the advertising world. And, and Alice understood that that really, really helped her. But, and people sometimes criticize her for that when they look back. But I think what they, they forget is she was a woman that had idiosyncrasies and faults like all of us. And yet what she managed to do, and when you look at all the results, you can't help but admire her determination and grit. And so um, she, she wrote these letters, and one of the things that happened was she sent them to colleges back east 
to get volunteer teachers to come to the mountains. And they worked for basically nothing. But one of the women who came was June Buchanan. And if you go down to Pippa Passes, you'll see the June Buchanan High School. And June was opposite of Alice. June loved flashy jewelry, big hats, nice clothes. Um, she would always go back home to her pretty well-to-do family in New York every year, and yet she, you know, had this magnetism that drew her to the mountain people. And she stayed um, and worked with Alice, and so she and Alice actually started the school together. And because of Alice's health problems, June became the feet of Alice and, and her, you know, her her hands and and everything like that. And so then when Alice died, June ran the school, and uh, and then I mean she lived to a little over a hundred years old. But one of the things is Alice knew how to to pick people who saw her vision and who could help her. And I think that's a great you know thing people being able to pick. And so that she they started that school. And along with that, they developed demonstration farms to help the people, um, you know, increase their income. They organized libraries. They did moonlight schools along with other places like Heinemann. Now, um, now what is a moonlight school? A moonlight school is when they would go to these remote mountain areas and teach the mother and fathers how to read and write mm -hmm. at night after they had worked all day. You know, because they were taking care of children, helping neighbors, working. And then at night, when everything was quiet, these teachers would go in and gather groups of adults to teach them how to read and write. And really, that did so much to spread, you know, education. They realized they had a problem. Those people couldn't come to them. And so they figured out how to develop these moonlight schools. And again, it's all Alice is constantly looking outside the box because that's her one purpose is to to educate people and so okay well we'll go to you and work it in the moonlight <laughs> besides the history uh, of alice lloyd at alice lloyd college there has been uh, i think a small documentary made in and um, there has been how many how many books is there just really one biography or Am I wrong about that? There's a couple of books out there that talk about Alice um, and then talk about June. Um, the, one of the former presidents wrote a book about June, and of course you can't write about June without including information about Alice. Probably one of the most interesting books, which is out of print now, is called Stay on Stranger. And that was the book uh, written by Mr. Dutton, who he came to visit Alice at a time when he said he was going to do it for the Reader's Digest, and he ended up writing a whole book. And it has a lot of stories, and I actually have Alice's copy of Stay mm -hmm. on Stranger. The, unit, the school has loaned it to me, and I actually, during my Chautauqua presentation, read out of this book that has Alice's signature in it and it's it's just so um i just never get tired of picking up that book and reading the story about a mountain girl named mona lisa hmm. and just and what happens to her and so um 
but like I said, you know, there's still not a lot written. But I am in the process of finishing a book right now. I want you to tell me about that. Yes. Uh, she Kissed the Mountains. That's the title of the book. And it's it goes through and it actually opens up with dialogue from my Chautauqua presentation uh, about Alice. And then it goes into some of the history that I can't tell about Alice because I only have, you know, around 35, 40 minutes for the one woman show. But it talks about some, it combines all the varying research that that's out there. Like I said, there's not much, but I've put it all together. I write a narrative and then I try to do what Alice would want done and I try to make it sort of a, a motivational, so what does this mean for your life? You've read what Alice has done, what Alice has said, you know, um, you know, how are you finding purpose in your life? Are you, are you focused on one thing that's going to make a difference. I talk a lot about the fact that you can never go wrong with helping somebody younger than yourself. And so I talk a lot about, you know, even if it's just the neighbor's child, you know, in which you say, hey, tell me a story that you heard at school or something. We have to engage with people in conversation and, and make a difference in the world and help everybody to see that they can be leaders and they can make a difference. And so I, this book is, a, like I said, you know, life lessons that Alice can teach you. She kissed the mountains. And it will be uh, available soon, uh, this, yes. uh, uh, the fall of 17. We hope to have you uh, uh, at the Kentucky Book Fair at the Alltech Arena on November the uh, 17th and 18th. Uh, we're looking forward to having you there. Uh, don't know if you'll have your uh, Chautauqua uh, act there, but uh, you you will be there, right. and that's important, and you can talk to people about Alice Lloyd. And I just want to say a couple of things. One, if you have not, if you have an opportunity to see a Jacqueline Hamilton as Alice Lloyd, please uh, run, not walk, uh, to <laughs> that appearance, because it's a great opportunity to, uh, you do such a good job of telling Alice Lloyd's story, uh, you're in period dress, as our Chautauqua actors are. Uh, you have a typewriter there. Uh, I don't know if it's a uh, it's a manual typewriter, of course. It is Alice's. It's an Oliver number nine. Now her original is kept in President Steps' office, yes. but thanks to eBay, I was able to buy wow. an Oliver number nine typewriter. Oh, terrific! So it's so authentic, you have that. and I'm sure a lot of kids that you perform uh, in front of. Of course, you're. Your program is for adults and, and uh, young people. They don't know what a typewriter is. They've never seen one maybe before. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I have some adults who's never seen a typewriter that's that old. <laughs> and so, yes, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. The kids are fascinated by yeah. the typewriter. So uh, once again, the, the performance through our uh, Chautauqua program at Kentucky Humanities is available. Uh, we're online. All you have to do is... Uh, Go to kyhumanities.org and uh, search under Chautauqua and book uh, Jacqueline Hamilton as Alice Lloyd um, for your civic club or church event or any gathering. Uh, it's a great performance, and we, we're so appreciative uh, that you are, are there. As one, and I consider myself very fortunate to, to know uh, the steps and to have been uh, to Alice Lloyd twice this year already. Uh, it's a, it really is truly a, a remarkable, uh, special place in Kentucky. And I, I, 
I tell people this, and they sometimes, I know, look at me uh, uh, like I'm a little goofy, but I say visit uh, Pippa Passes and, and walk that campus and, and see those young people. Uh, they do such a great job. It is one of uh, eight work colleges in the United States. Berea is a, is a work college, too, that uh, more people are familiar with. Uh, but Alice Lloyd uh, provides uh, an education tuition-free and the, the other part of the miracle, uh, Jacqueline, and I think you would agree too, is though the kids that want to pursue a graduate education, a medical uh, or a nursing, can come to the University of Kentucky and a lot of their expenses, if not in some cases, all of their expenses are continuing uh, to be paid for by, by Alice Lloyd College. That's probably unheard of in, in these mm-hmm. United States. Oh, I know. And she set up that, that Caney Cottage because she understood that Caney Junior College was just two years. And I wanted to also say, you ask about Alice Lloyd College. Again, until she died in 1962, it was Caney, you know, uh, Community Junior College. And she used, people always wanted to name the school after her. And she said, if you change the name to Alice Lloyd, I'm going to change my name to Caney Creek. (laughs) You know, she just had that, you know, spirit of not wanting to emphasize herself, but emphasize the students. Yeah. Well, Jacqueline, uh, thank you so much for being uh, our guest on Think Humanities podcast. Uh, It it is a, a great story. Uh, and for people who, uh, again, want to see you uh, in uh, your portrayal, our, our schedule, our calendar of where you'll be is on our right. uh, Kentucky Humanities website. And then you'll be at the Kentucky Book Fair this fall. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, Bill. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities and is a production of the University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences. This podcast was created at the Media Depot. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud.